Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to touch on the topic of how to respond to the doctrines of the New Age movement. How to respond to the doctrines of the New Age movement. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. And I do know that there are many of you listening who may not even be aware of the term New Age movement. It is an old term in the sense that this group uh, or this worldview originated in the 1970s uh, or made popular in the 1970s and definitely through the 80s. The New Age movement, uh, they're a a loose-knit group of individuals who have a common goal of a New Age enlightenment. Uh, They also believe um, in the age of Aquarius, as well as sharing certain philosophical ideologies. So for the most part, uh, New Agers believe in monism, which is all is one, and God is all, which is pantheism. So they believe in monism, all is one, and God is all, which is the definition of pantheism. Uh, Some New Age uh, followers also practice mysticism in trying to become one with the divine. They're trying to become one with the divine. Uh, New Agers um, also exalt the concept of nature, and in some sense, they worship nature. So that's a little bit of background on New Age movement. Again, they believe all is God, which is pantheism. Uh, They want to change their consciousness. Uh, They want to be cosmic... 
uh, cosmically aware uh, because they believe they're gods uh, to reach an enlightened status that they call being born again. So they want to reach an enlightened status that they call being born again. So the coming of a new age uh, is what they're looking for, union of universal consciousness. That's what they're trying to attain, uh, the creation of reality through thought and belief systems. They believe that truth can be created, again, which is incorrect, um, and they want to change their destinies. So they, 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 they believe truth can be created, and through their belief systems, uh, through thought, they can change reality. And so um, that's their primary tenet. So I want to take this opportunity to uh, answer some of these uh, perspectives or some of these worldviews or some of these assertions that those who embrace this ideology may have. Perhaps they won't call themselves New Agers, but they believe in the same tenets. Perhaps you may have co-workers and family members uh, who subscribe to these ideologies, and we want to make sure that we share the truth of the gospel in love. Uh, the worst thing we can do as Christians is to stand by and watch people hold on to thought systems, worldviews, or perspectives that are not true because in the end, they'll wind up believing in the wrong thing, and we don't want them to stand in front of Jesus. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. So let's look at the key evidence um, or uh, the key tenets from the New Age movement that um, we should be aware of. Now, Jesus said in John 14 and 6 that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one could get to the Father unless they came by the Son. Uh, and we want to make sure that everything that we look at comes from that perspective. Do they have the right Jesus? Do they have the right Jesus? So uh, just like Islam teaches Allah has no son, uh, Hare Krishna, which is also part of this new age movement believed in many gods, um, just like Buddha, uh, though believing in God was not relevant, meaning that it, it wasn't a big part of their doctrine. So obviously, um, religions share different gods, different religions share different God. All the world religions do not teach the same core truth. Um, in, in his, in his uh, argument, the 12 Arguments for Christianity, Dr. Geisler, Norman Geisler, the late Dr. Geisler, Geisler, wrote that it is true. The Bible is the word of God. Anything that opposes it is false. It is true. Jesus is the only way to heaven, and all other religions that teach differently and contradict it is false. So why am I saying that? I'm saying some things may sound good on the surface, but if they contradict the word of God, then we, knowing that the Bible is true, we have to reject that contradiction, which makes that contradiction false. So what evidence are there that Jesus did not go to India as a child to learn from Indian gurus as the New Agers teach? Uh, Jay Douglas, a professor in, in India, went back to investigate claims that there was some manuscript evidence proving Jesus had been to India as a child. When he visited the monastery where the evidence was supposed to be located, the chief monk told him there was no such book in the monastery. 
Every scholar that has tried to research this, this information, again, about Jesus going to India and them having a the manuscript, have come up with similar conclusions. They ultimately labeled the story as a hoax. So in addition, if these stories were true, those who taught the boy Jesus would have been so famous there would have been records of their activities as well as disciples like Jesus. However, there is no such evidence that Jesus went to India as a boy. Moreover, moreover, if Jesus would have gone to India, the Jews opposing him would have mentioned it. So in short, there is no evidence that Jesus went to India to learn from Indian gurus. So the truth is not on their side as it relates to Jesus going to India uh, in order to uh, provide the information that a lot of the new agers embrace. So the next question is, how should we refute or approach the new age view of pantheism? Pantheism asserts that all is God. That means the tree is God, uh, the frame is God, the building is God, the leaf is God, the, uh, the roots are, are God, the ants are God, everything is God, everything in nature is God. So all cannot be God or else how would we know the difference between the creator and the created? How would we know the difference between God, the rock? the grass, or anything else in the world, and if everything was God, where would the distinction be? There would not be any distinction. Pantheism contradicts Scripture. If all is God, then uh, how, come, how come sin still exists? In the pantheistic worldview, there is no difference between cruelty and non-cruelty. Moreover, the Bible tells us that we were all at one time sinners, Romans 3.23. How can a flawed man be God? Furthermore, God cannot be an inanimate object. Jesus deals with God as a father. God is our father. We cannot have a relationship with God if God was a grass, if God was a rock, if God was a tree, if God was water. We could not have a personal relationship with an inanimate object. So all of these reasons cause us to reject this notion of, panthe- of pantheism, this doctrine of pantheism that all is God. It erases the distinction, again, between the creator and the created. Then the other question is, how would we respond to the Hindu belief of reincarnation? Scripture tells us that it's appointed to man to die once. Hebrews 9.27, we die one time. Then before Christ come back, we're in the presence of the Lord. Since reincarnation involves karma uh, in regards to being able to come back to rid ourselves of past imperfections, how come there are still so much sin in the world if we're being perfected, if we're going through this reincarnation process? Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. 
Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe. This is a question which must be answered by those who believe in reincarnation. Some groups point to John 3 and 3 to prove that the Bible actually supports or condones uh, reincarnation. They confuse the doctrine of being born again with reincarnation. Uh, But this is not the case. Jesus in John 3 and 3 was talking about being born spiritually. This point is evident as one continues to read the passage all the way to verse 6. Jesus is saying, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Some other groups will point to Matthew eleven fourteen to try to support this concept of reincarnation by using scripture. Um, John the Baptist was actually um, using the term uh, uh, reincarnated, uh, they said, of, of Elijah, meaning that he was a reincarnation of Elijah. However, they are, again, eisegesing and misinterpreting the scripture. We know their interpretation is, is incorrect because John denied being Elijah in John one twenty one. Finally, there is no support for reincarnation, especially when it comes to the scriptures. The Bible tells us we only have one life to live, Luke 16, 22 through 31, and we're not able to come back. When you read the story of the rich man and Lazarus, you will indeed uh, see this doctrine that we're talking about. Now, uh, how would we respond in our lives to those that believe in uh, the New Age doctrine? How would we respond to that? Uh, Would we just ignore them? Uh, We see many people from uh, the Eastern culture, Middle Eastern culture, and they have their worldviews. They believe in multiple gods, as an example. Uh, Some uh, believe in the ability of humans to create the ability of humans to not just create, but to recreate truth, to recreate destiny, reshape destiny, uh, to redefine what being born again is or what salvation is. How do we respond to uh, individuals with varying worldviews? In the same way that we respond to other people with different worldviews, not just new age worldviews, but with other uh, belief systems and other uh, pedagogies. How do we respond to that? Number one, we need to search the scriptures. When we uh, come into contact with people that are a certain, certain things, especially if they're using the Bible 
to try to prove their point or to try to shape their argument, we need to make sure we know it better than them. So if, you, if somebody points something out in the scriptures, it's your duty to go back and look in the scripture and make sure that you're looking at it through a hermeneutical lens, meaning that you're looking at the context, context, context. What is that scripture saying? You just can't lift a scripture out of a chapter and run off with it by um, coming up with your own conclusions or assumptions or theories. We need to make sure that that scripture is read um, in context. Read the whole chapter. Read the chapter before that chapter. Read the chapter after that chapter. Read the sentences above that verse. Read the sentences beneath that verse. Make sure that you're reading the whole thing in context, not just lifting out uh, one passage and running off with it. So if someone asserts, again, that we can be born again or, or uh, we can be reincarnated, as they say it, uh, then where is it in the scriptures, if they're using the scriptures? And we already pointed out uh, some of the scriptures that New Agers use, uh, which is incorrect. So if we come in contact or we're given an opportunity to meet people with these different opposing or varying worldviews, we have to search the scripture for ourselves. We have to search the scriptures for ourselves, make sure that we understand what that text is saying and not what somebody's telling us. Then uh, we have to make sure that we know the truth. Truth is telling something like it is or that which corresponds to its object. So do we know the truth? And the truth comes from the scriptures. The truth comes from Jesus Christ. The truth uh, comes from God, the true and living God, not the God made with hands. We as Christians, we serve the true and living God, not the God made with hands, meaning not the, not the God uh, created by human philosophies, not the God created by human experience, not the God created by uh, human abilities. Uh, that's why the Bible makes that distinction. Uh, a lot of religions, uh, all the religions rather, that are not rooted in the authentic Jesus are, uh, are founded or are created by humans, which means they are gods made with hands. But Jehovah God, he's not made with hands. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and end. He is eternal. So uh, he's infinite. He is uh, not made with hands. Uh, he shows a Sadie, A-S-E-I-T-Y, A-S-E-I-T-Y, a Sadie, which means he, he owes his existence to no one else. God owes his existence to no one else. So he is God, and, and he's warned us about chasing or listening or acquiescing to these gods made with hands. So make sure you know what the truth is. And the truth comes out of the nature of God. When God created the universe, truth came with it. When the earth was created, truth came with it. Truth was already here. So it's not up to me. It's not up to you to try to redefine truth because truth was already put here. Our job is to discover truth is to discover truth. So when Einstein uh, found the theory of relativity, he didn't say I created the theory of relativity. He said I discovered the theory of relativity. Uh, 
When Newton was doing his research, he didn't say, I created the laws of gravity. He said, I discovered the laws of gravity because God had already placed it here. In the same way, uh, many people are trying to find themselves. They, 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 they're trying to find their identity. They, they're trying to find uh, solutions to the ills of this world. But yet, they are chasing after the wrong remedy. They're trying to do it in their own power, which is not going to work. They're trying to do it through their own philosophy, which is not going to work. They're trying to do it through their own educational um, accomplishments, and that's not going to work. So if you want a remedy to the sins of the world, that remedy is rooted in truth, and that truth is found in God, and it's found through his son, Jesus the Christ. Nowhere else will you find absolute truth than in Christ Jesus. We wouldn't even know the distinction between right and wrong if it wasn't for God. If God wasn't in the picture, then my belief system, in contrast to your belief systems, would be inadequate, meaning what makes one human uh, philosophy better than another, another human's philosophy? What makes my opinion different than another uh, human's opinion? Meaning that uh, people that do the most atrocious things um, would be on the same equal level as those who did righteous things if God wasn't in the picture. But God is in the picture. He's, he, we, we do not believe in deism, which says God created the earth, the universe, and he's now left us to run our own lives. That's what de- deism is. Deism is, yes, I believe God created everything, but then he left us to run our own lives. But we do not believe in deism. Christians do not accept deism. We believe that God is intimately, not only did he create everything, God is intimately involved in our affairs. So we need to make sure that whatever we say, whatever we articulate is dipped and rooted or anchored in the truth. So truth is telling something like it is. Truth is that which corresponds to his object, and truth comes out of the nature of God. So we're not redefining truth. Uh, uh, Through God, we know what a man is. Through God, we know what a woman is. Through God, we know what a marriage is. Through God, we know what brotherly love is all about and what sisterly love is all about through God because he has given us the framework to follow. It's just that human nature rooted in sin causes us to rebel against God. But thank be to Jesus when we acquiesce our will and allow him to become Lord of our life, we now have a relationship with God. And through that relationship, we have the Holy Spirit who guides us in all righteousness, who guides us in all truth. So it's important that if we're going to respond to the New Age movement or whatever other uh, religious philosophies that are out there, we need to make sure, number one, that we search the scriptures, number two, that we know the truth, and then we need to make sure that we, uh, we are ready to answer Answer, answer people's questions. Are you ready to answer people's questions? First Peter 3.15 tells us that we have a mandate as Christians to be ready to give each man or woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and then we ought to do it with gentleness as well as respect. So we have to be ready to answer. Be, be ready uh, to give a response. 
Uh, let's say you don't have the answer immediately. It's okay. It's okay to say, you know what? Um, let me write down your concern. Let me write down your question and let me go find the answer. And then I'll come back with my response. If you don't have the answer immediately, it's okay to call time out. It's okay to say, uh, let me get your contact information and I'll make sure that I get back with you with the answer because no one person knows everything. Uh, we all uh, are finite. So no one person have studied everything and have mastered everything. Uh, so don't feel inadequate. Don't feel as though you failed. You have not failed. It's only a failure if you don't follow up uh, with the individual that's inquiring about the questions about our faith. And it's okay if you don't have the answer immediately. But uh, we need to uh, search the scriptures. We need to know the truth, and we need to be ready uh, to give an answer. That's that's very important. We need to be ready to give an answer. And then uh, we need to make sure that we are not only studying, but we are also allowing God to use us um, for the opportunities. We need to pray for the opportunities for God to use us to to be a light to those that are around us. Uh, that's very important. Uh, we have coworkers. We have family members. We have strangers that we have yet to meet that you will meet, whether you go to the post office, go to the grocery store, walking down the street, uh, going to a seminar. God places people in our lives who need to hear the gospel. And it doesn't matter what religious background they're coming from. As long as you are open, as long as you are ready to uh, be used by God to be a witness, he will get the ultimate glory. So, again, for those of you that are listening, I pray that this bit of information about the New Age movement has been helpful. Uh, It's not an exhaustive uh, session at all. This is just an introduction uh, to the basic tenets of the New Age movement. I pray you take this information and share with your neighbors and uh, those that come from various backgrounds that are not Christians. It is our job to go and make disciples uh, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And as always, uh, we are praying for all of you, praying that God use you in a mighty way to become his ministers. And then we ask that you keep us in prayer as we uh, reach more Christians in terms of sound doctrine And we, again, encourage you to give. Go on our website, srministries.org. Become a monthly supporter uh, before the end of the year. Remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lot. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. 
My name is Carly Mercoulier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.